Hi everyone, this is Criterion Channel Surfing, and I'm your host, Josh Hornbeck. Just a quick note before we begin today's show. As some of you know, I was injured back in November of last year, but a misdiagnosis landed me in the emergency room in early February with a life-threatening medical condition. I've been on the slow road to recovery in the months since, with health setbacks and new symptoms cropping up just as soon as it seems like I've reached some little bit of stability. During this season of recovery, I've been recording stripped-down episodes of the podcast, trying to just focus on the new and expiring titles of the Criterion Channel, rather than the usual three episodes a month recordings that we'd usually do, that would go into short takes on titles from the permanent collection and titles on other streaming services. I've also been relying on friends of the show to help out as guests during this time to help simplify each episode's prep time. But stripped down as things are, it's still been really difficult to get these episodes out in time to be relevant to listeners trying to navigate the month's new and expiring titles. The simple truth is that my health challenges right now don't leave me as much time or energy to be able to put in the work necessary to produce the podcast at the speed it needs to be timely. So over the next few months, I'm going to be experimenting with the format for the Criterion Channel Surfing Podcast. We'll still touch on the new and expiring titles, but they aren't going to be making up the bulk of the conversation. And I'll still be doing things to keep the process streamlined while I continue to recover, but our conversations are going to be more focused on the films themselves rather than what's coming and going, so that the episodes won't be as bound to the monthly release calendar. I'm sure there are going to be some growing pains and some false starts as we continue to figure out the new format and how that's going to work, but I do hope you're going to find those conversations richer and more rewarding. The episode you're about to hear is going to be the last one that's completely focused on the new and expiring titles, but I'm really excited about some of the conversations that I had with our guest, Criterion cast critic Josh Brunstein. We talked about contemporary cinema and modern documentary. It was really, really fantastic. There are a few recording glitches that I couldn't get rid of in the editing, but I do hope you'll be able to bear with a few of those imperfections for a really great conversation. Thanks again for your patience, everyone, and thanks for listening to the show. One of my great joys during this health crisis and long recovery has been this online community of film lovers, of being able to engage with art and being able to discuss it passionately with one another. I feel profoundly grateful to be a part of that in some small way. So once again, thanks for listening. And now here's the show. You're listening to Criterion Channel Surfing, a podcast dedicated to the films of the Criterion Collection streaming video service, the Criterion Channel. I'm your host, Josh Hornbeck. Film critic Josh Brunstein joins me today to discuss August's new releases and expiring titles. Stay with us as we start surfing the Criterion Channel. If you enjoy Criterion Channel Surfing, make sure to check out the Magic Lantern Podcast, hosted by Erica Long and Cole Rulane, exploring the films we love and the things we love about them. The Magic Lantern is a film podcast hosted by Erica Long and Cole Rulane devoted to sharing their enduring cinematic memories. Join them for an ongoing, informal discussion of the classic and contemporary films they love and the things they love about them. 
If you've been looking for a podcast to explore old and new favorites with fellow film lovers, you've come to the right place. New episodes every other Monday. Find out more at magiclanternpodcast.com. Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at criterioncast.com. My guest today is film critic for Criterion Cast and member of the Online Critics Society, Josh Brunstein. Josh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm really excited to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm super stoked to be here. This is going to be great. Before we dive into everything, uh, I just want to check in, see what kind of coverage you're up to in the Patreon uh, banter beforehand. Uh, you <laughs> mentioned that you were, um, you've been in festival mode for a lot of the, the year and kind of doing some dispatches. Uh, what are, what's on your docket right now? What are you uh, working on uh, currently? Yeah, man, really since since Sundance of this year, I've just kind of, I don't think I've ever stopped being in festival mode. So uh, go throughout August, I'll be doing um, some dispatches from Fantasia, um, which I don't know if the listener will know, but uh, it's like a genre festival that's out of Montreal. Um, and they do a lot of foreign stuff, a lot of smaller American stuff. It's usually one of the more mixed bag but also kind of interesting festivals that i'll cover any given mm. year so i'll be chugging along there um and then straight into toronto and then ultimately new york um so wow. it'll be kind of non-stop here for a little bit but uh seeing a lot of good stuff a lot of not good stuff <laughs> but uh you know how it goes at a festival so yeah you know when when i see you doing a lot of the dispatches i notice that a lot of times you you tend to focus on the films that you really are are keen on recommending to mm -hmm. others and you tend to ignore the films that are um maybe uh not as good at the festivals <laughs> sure. uh, and, and you, you I, I mean it's just something that i i've i've noticed uh about your your film writing um and, well, and i'm uh... I'm curious to know if that's a thing, yeah, for you. Yeah, it, 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 it absolutely is. I've, I've lucked out for the last 11, 12-ish years having written for Criterion Cast that our editor-in-chief, Ryan, just kind of lets me cover whatever I want to cover. Less um, having to like cover assignments and kind of viewing my, viewing my criticism as, like quote-unquote, a job. Mm -hmm. As more of uh, being able to kind of curate Mm. I want to cover and curate what I want to tell the reader about. Um, mm. So if I don't, if I don't like a film or if I don't find a film to be all that interesting and I have a lot to say about it, I just have the luxury of saying, I don't want to write about it. Or mm. if I find that there's this, I don't know, the minute Chinese short on mm. laborers that I'm super into or an eight hour documentary that I'm super into that maybe not many people have heard of, but some will want to see eventually. I'll write about that. I always view it as if I can get one person to see a movie and that movie is one of their favorites of the year, I did my job. So that's yeah. just kind of, that's kind of the ethos I strive for. So. Yeah. Well, and I, and I love it too, because it, uh, it also puts such a, an appreciative spin on film criticism too. Right. Because you're, you're sure. really going into it saying, Hey, this is, these are the things that I think are really worth checking out. Don't, 
don't worry about the stuff that you don't need to check out. Here are the things to actually check out. Right. Like, who gets anything out of me saying Suicide Squad is okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think a lot of people get anything out of that. If mm-hmm. one or two people get their new favorite movie out of a review I wrote, that's worth about 750 to 1,000 words all yeah. in and of itself. So that's, that's kind of great. the view I have on it. That's awesome. I think that's great. Yeah, well, and, and I still remember um, a few years ago, I was headed to uh, Portland for a conference that I was at. And I was asking for some recommendations on, because I was there during the Portland International Film Festival. And sure. uh, and you were like, hey, check out my my dispatch from it. And uh, you had recommended Black Mother by uh, Kali yeah. Kala. And yeah. uh, it happened to line up just perfectly so I could go see that. And that was just one of those hypnotic transforming experiences in the cinema seeing it after a long day uh, of being in uh, you know (laughs) conferences and you know walking across the street to the theater that was just across the street from my hotel and being able to kind of sit and immerse myself in this visual poem it was it was one of those things that you know i'm gonna now follow uh kalika law's films uh that's awesome for life, right? Because yeah, because, man, for sure. Because I think that that's 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 one of the beauties of of the this type of work that you're doing. So uh, you know, awesome. I, I appreciate. That. I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, Thanks, that's good stuff. You know, this is the first time you've been on the show, and uh, I always like to ask first time guests, kind of, what are some of your your basic your first thoughts or your general thoughts about the Criterion Channel? What are what are some of the things that you uh, like about it? What are some of the things that, as you see the slates come through each month, that get you excited? Some of the things that frustrate you? The good, the bad, the wish it could be different <laughs> about the channel? <laughs> well, luckily, the, the Criterion channels, the only, the only real negatives I ever have to say about it are infrastructure-wise. Like, yeah. I think some of the, I think the searching could be easier, I think blah 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 like i could go on for like however long with small little technical things that i wish yeah. could be fixed um like the fact that they don't have an, a show all movies option is like mm-hmm. super weird to me but that's that's fine but i've actually grown to appreciate it more with every with every like subsequent month i think early on i was a little bit skeptical of what would come of it after it broke off from filmstruck Mm-hmm. Um, just because I wasn't sh- really sure about what the partnerships would look like between Criterion Janus, other distributors, whatever it may be. But especially the stuff that they're doing with people like Grasshopper or Cohen, like mm-hmm. it's really becoming a must have streaming service for me. Granted, I don't get to watch it as much as I'd probably <laughs> like. Yeah. But when I do, it's, I mean, they're chock a block with some of the most interesting movies. And a di- like they're getting more and more diverse, both on like a creative level, like in mm-hmm. the creative teams, but also genres, aesthetics, be it the shorts, the features. I'm just a big fan and getting yeah. to be a bigger fan every month. So, yeah. yeah and and I, I think, you know, I, I will I will echo what you were saying. I was I think when they were going to come back, the only thing I was really hopeful about was, OK, at least they're going to get that permanent collection of streaming titles, you know, the 300 films that will probably never be released on disc. Right. 
if if that's the only thing they they put out, cool. I'm I'm happy with that. The for Janus sure, title, for sure. I, that's great. I'm I'm cool with that. But the fact that there's just no way for me to keep up with it. I you know I tried for the first few months, but there's just <laughs> yeah. It's the whole letterboxed uh, of everything. Like letterboxed yeah. to me is like the worst app that I can never <laughs> delete. Yeah, I'll get like I'll get like anxious, almost panic attacks if I don't log something for like two mm-hmm. days. I'm like, yeah. what? Like, what am I? Do I even like movies? Like, are yeah. movies even good? Yeah, uh, something I started doing recently is uh, I have a uh, I've, I've gone back to pen and paper journals for things. Nice, uh, hell yeah! <laughs> uh, for just for for my own like planning, and you know, this year has been a year of me kind of trying to rethink how I'm doing some things and. Uh, so I, I have a, a film notes journal. So as I'm, I'm nice. watching films, I'm taking notes as I go. And uh, so I, I've taken to, as I'm, as I'm watching films, just taking down some few notes. And I have the date logged when I watch in the film. So that way, eventually, I can go ahead and log my, my first thoughts and my, my quick short review on Letterboxd and be done with it and and kind of let that let that go and not feel that pressure right to to log it on letterboxd right away right because <laughs> sure. because i was feeling that too because I, I i'd be like oh, i can't watch another movie until i've logged the last five on letterboxd yeah man it's rough <laughs> yeah and i think that 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 pressure of oh i've got to watch all 20 films that are leaving on criterion channel right yeah, now man. i I can't watch this newer film that <laughs> yeah. is on yeah. movie that is really interesting or this that other sounds film. more interesting than whatever, but it's, ex- yeah. 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 And so I think, I think there is this kind of, um, there's this, the sense of scarcity of time, right? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And, uh, I think we all have to not enough hours in the piece. day, man. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. Well, let's dive into the Criterion Channel's new and expiring channels for the month of August. I'm going to just oh, yeah. um, run through this as quickly as I can, and then we'll dive into uh, our recommendations uh, for this. There's a lot here. <laughs> We've got John Houston, Hollywood Maverick, and a couple of highlights from here. We've got Across the Pacific, In This Our Life, Key Largo, The Asphalt Jungle, under the Volcano, The Dead, Wise Blood, and uh, just the African Queen, uh, Night of the Iguana. Hell I look yeah. at this list, and there's just there's a whole lot of other reflections in a golden eye. Yeah, I mean, it just it, there's just so much in this in this bundle. I mean, this is this is such a comprehensive uh, collection for John Huston, which yeah, uh, he's become one of my go-to directors to try to catch up on. Uh, from Even Fox Let There Be Light, yeah. Let There Be Light's incredible. I mean, this is this is an incredible bundle that uh, yeah. I am I am eager to just kind of dig into and, and just absolutely shoot one, right. We have the Queen of Paris, Josephine Baker on film with La Revue des Revues. We have Siren of the Tropics, Zuzu, and Princess Tam Tam. We have Richard Linklater's Adventures in Movie Going with The Shepherds of Calamity, The Ceremony in a Year of Thirteen Moons. Ticket of No Return, Every Man for Himself, The Woman Next Door, L'Argent, Mishima, Landscape Suicide, High Hopes, and a Master Builder. We have Nikos Papatikis with Agent of mm-hmm. Chaos, with uh, Les Abysses, The Shepherds of Calamity, Gloria Mundi, The Photograph, and Walking a Tightrope. 
Platinum Blonde starring Jean Harlow with films. Again, this is another one of those big bundles. We have Red Dust, Redheaded Woman, Bombshell, Dinner at Eight, uh, Libeled Lady, Riff Raff, Wife versus Secretary, Saratoga. Again, another really great collection of classic uh, Hollywood films. We have the Ranon Westerns with Seven Men from Now, The Tall T, Decision at Sundown, Buchanan Rides Again, Ride Lonesome, Comanche Station, and it includes a documentary, Bud Buttaker, A Study in Determination. We have Black Women's Anthems, four films by Michelle Parkinson with But Then, She's Betty Carter, Gotta Make This Journey, Sweet Honey in the Rocks, Storm, The Lady of the Jewel Box, and Odds and Ends. We have Criterion Collection editions of The Big Chill, La Piscine, Amores Peros, and The Spy Who Came In From the Cold. We have uh, the exclusive streaming premieres of The Inheritance and To the Ends of the Earth. We also have uh, included in this, with The Inheritance, we have the Diaspora Suite from the director of The Inheritance with Forged Ways, American Hunter, Many Thousands Gone, Kinda, and Fluid Frontiers. And then we have Notes on The Inheritance, which are a bunch of films that uh, were uh, influences on The Inheritance. With Within Our Gates, The Connection, Two or Three Things I Know About Her, Mandabi, Symbiopsychotaxoplasm, Take One, Maidstone, Tout la Bien, Amarcord, Opening Night, Losing Ground, and Sans Soleil. We have the Three Dimension set. We have the Three by Lee Isaac Chung with Monyarn Gabo, Lucky Life, and Abigail Harm. We have Three by Manny Kao, Poet of Parallel Cinema, Our Daily Bread, one Day Before the Rainy Season and Duvida. We have Animal Nature, three by Dennis Cote, with Bistier, Vic plus Flo Saw Bear, and Boris Without Beatrice. In the Women Filmmakers section, we have Lore and Oxide and Oxide 2. And we have three by Lynn Hirschman Lesson, with Conceiving Ada, Technolust, and Strange Culture. In the True Story section, and this is one, uh, I mentioned this last week when I was talking with Michael Hutchins, their documentary section just keeps expanding, uh, mm -hmm. and they just keep bringing in not just a lot of documentaries, but some really, really interesting documentaries, and that to me is really exciting. Uh, they're bringing in No Data Plan, along with mm -hmm. the shorts Disintegration 93-96 and Distancing, Yusu Nadur, I Bring What I Love, Chronicle of a Summer, and Kings of Pastry. Saturday matinees, they're bringing in Annie, The Secret of Nim, Sons of the Desert, and Topspin. Short film programs, they're, have a, they're bringing in a La Cinema Club Presents with uh, Branguino, I Signed the Petition, Blessed Land, The Marvelous Misadventures of the Stone, Lady, Moving, Dustin, The End of Suffering, A Proposal, Hella Trees, and Lizard, They've got shorts plus features of The Devil's Harmony and Brick, Sticker and Sorry We Missed You, Mizaru and Kanoa, A Shameful Memory, and Islands of Fire and Stromboli. And then double features of The Queen, Paris is Burning, Alice and Black Moon, Louder Than Bombs and Thelma, and mm -hmm. Purple Noon and La Passine. And uh, finally, a, a new addition to the 30 Years of the Film Foundation bundle with The Phantom of the Monastery. So... I mean, this is just again. It's a wild. It's a wild lineup. <laughs> and it's all over the place, it's right? Insane. I mean, it feels like they're just trying to touch on. You know, you know, we we've talked 
about the fact that Criterion has, with their physical library, really tried to hit on so many different mm-hmm. aspects of cinema, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you've got the Michael Bay films uh, that people complain about, but, you know, they're examples of blockbuster filmmaking. And For sure. You, you've got film noir, you've got Japanese cinema, and they're really trying, as they move forward, to be better representative of things in their physical library. But you see here that they're just like trying to hit like every corner of the cinematic landscape. Well, what makes it so special is that everything's given context. Yeah. yeah, Nothing's really just thrown like sure. Maybe the criterion, like the actual, like the full edition, whatever they add on that are actually like the criterion editions might be just whatever they want to put on. Yeah. But every, like all of the new releases are connected somehow and feel yeah and add like a f- more fully rounded view to one another if that makes any sense yeah like everything everything is somehow some way through their curation given this grand context that adds to the experience of if these were just thrown on netflix for instance like mm-hmm. you wouldn't the, the experience wouldn't be the same yeah 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 and i think that 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 active curation that is here. And then I do think that other, there are a couple of other streaming services. Sure. Of course. Really well. I think movie has been doing this pretty well. Just recently they had a uh, French feminist filmmaking from the Mm sixties section. And so I, I I think Ovid does the same stuff. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There are a couple of these that I'm really, really impressed by. I, I think that criterion has entered into some really great partnerships though that has allowed them to expand their reach to studio films to all of these things that that i just you know i would have thought you know just a few years ago this sure. would never have happened right <laughs> and so for sure yeah well with all of this stuff out there you know i, I think it it's it sometimes is a little overwhelming and i think people are going to be yeah. gravitating yeah. towards the familiar um, sure they're going to gravitate towards the the john houston films which is exciting yep. you know, i'm i i'm gonna be excited to watch that they're gonna gravitate towards the classic cinema but you know i one of the reasons why i was really excited to have you on is that i think you're gonna be able to help us maybe find some things that people wouldn't necessarily gravitate towards to on their their own so uh what are some films that you would like to recommend that uh maybe people wouldn't watch uh wouldn't wouldn't look for on uh, on their own well, in, in actually speaking to one of the, the partnerships they appear to be having, the first one I'm going to point out comes from the Le Cinema Club collection, mm. um, which is the, the first one in that set, which is Breguino. It's a short from a filmmaker named Clement Cohitor, uh, who did a, a feature that I'm, I'm head over heels in love with called Neither Heaven Nor Earth from, I want to say, like 2016, 2017. Mm. And it basically just tells the story of two feuding families and a generation of children trying to end their conflict. And it's set in the Siberian forest. And it's this weird kind of half art ethnographic, like hybrid doc fiction film and a horror. It's like part horror film. It's a really one of a kind short. I think it runs like 50 ish minutes in length. So it's one of the longer shorts. Okay. Um, I could be misremembering that, but uh, there's the final sequence in particular without spoiling anything plays out like a, almost like a found footage horror movie. And it's just, there's really not 
anything quite like it. Uh, he's a filmmaker I'm endlessly fascinated by and one that I think more people should, uh, should check out. It's, uh, yeah, it's just a really, it's a fascinating one of a kind little short. Another one is the inheritance. Mm-hmm. And also, obviously, the the notes on the inheritance is an incredible collection of films, and uh, is one of the <laughs> one of the rare collections where it actually all of the films in the set make sense. Mm. Particular, particularly the uh, two or three things I know about her, the the Godard, because Godard is all over the inheritance, particularly like La Chinoise, which uh, the the inheritance is a film basically about. A phil- like a liberationist group called Move in Philadelphia. It's actually half documentary, half fiction, kind of mm. about that group, and uh, part fiction about a collective trying to reach like a political consensus. There's a lot of philosophical back and forth. It just feels very much indebted to that era of Godard, um, which is an era of Godard. I feel like I'm the only one who likes. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm completely floored by every time I see a film from that. Again, particularly La, La Chinoise. Other ones I want to recommend. Probably No Data Plan. I think No Data Plan is a really, really special film. It's a film directed by Filipino-American director Miko Reverreza. And it's just a documentary shot over the span of one transcontinental Amtrak trip. But it it plays... I'm finding that this generation of documentary filmmaking is one of the most exciting particularly with regards to how it portrays human connection and also like migration so this this film in its one little amtrak trip uh is almost a horror film in its kind of like existential terror because it's about more or less the story of undocumented people as they traverse the american landscape so like every every transit stop is the most like increases in tension and it's it's incredibly paranoid it's it, it's just a a fantastic fantastic doc that definitely has to that the viewer has to be in a very specific mindset so this isn't something that this isn't like the this the matinees they have where you just throw it yeah. on and yeah you kind of let it go this is one that you like it's going to be it's a challenging challenging little movie but i think it's one that's deeply rewarding um and one that i haven't really stopped thinking about since i saw it in like 2019 ish Mm -hmm. and then the only other one is uh the oldest one out of the ones i'm gonna pick is uh landscape suicide which is part of richard linklater adventures in movie going Mm. and it's a james benning film about two different murders um, and it's best summed up probably as like if a true crime podcast went art house. <laughs> and I think that's kind of awesome. It's uh, one of the few Benning films I've actually seen. But uh, anyone who's familiar with American, particularly like modern experimental cinema, uh, will know the name James Benning. And uh, I think it's incredibly exciting to see him finally thrown along. I mean, directors like John Huston. Mm. Um, even if it is just one film part of a larger set yeah those are probably the four off four of the the new releases that i'd probably point people towards i mean obviously you have the the houston set which is must see stuff but yeah yeah. well and that's that's really cool Uh, you know the james binning stuff 
he's a filmmaker that I haven't heard anything about. And so to, mm. to get that recommendation and to, to have a, a film of his now available on a platform that I have access to. Uh, it's super exciting. It is. Well, and it's, and, and, and this is the type of service that I think is really invaluable. And then to have some notes from a filmmaker who really respects the film to have mm-hmm. link later in conversation about the film talking about why this is one of his adventures in movie going picks, um, why this is there, you know, that's, that then points people like me in a direction to go, Oh, now I, now I've got a new filmmaker to start exploring their work, to try start trying to track down their other films. For sure. Um, that to me is one of the services that I find just so invaluable about places like the Criterion channel and some of these other services that can start to help us, begin to to track down other other films by these filmmakers so yeah i think that's great and no data plan sounds absolutely riveting i I find myself really resistant to a lot of modern documentaries Mm. uh, because so many of them are the kind of plug and play social issue documentaries that you see thrown up as i've been kind of digging more deeply into some of this like you said this generation of documentary artists who are who are playing with the form and are experimenting and who are doing things mm. uh, I am finding some of the best work is in this kind of realm where it's either more expressionistic it's mm-hmm. it's more formal and uh, so no data plan sounds like it's going to be really uh, exceptional so yeah thank you for that recommendation it's yeah it's where it's definitely worth uh, worth the challenge yeah that sounds great I'm going to recommend Munyurang Gabo, Lee Isaac Chung's, uh, one of his early works. I think this film is a really great early film from a filmmaker who is getting more recognition now because of uh, Minari. And uh, I think that this is, it's the film, uh, it's set in uh, Rwanda. Uh, It's about two boys from different tribes returning to their village about a, a boy named Munyarangabo who is going to seek justice for his parents who were killed in the genocide. And mm-hmm. um, it's a it's a beautiful story of redemption and forgiveness. And uh, it was made by Lee Isaac Chung going into Rwanda and working with mm-hmm. people in the community to actually craft the story together. Oh, wow. um, so uh, it's it's a very different type of story. Uh, uh, Lee Isaac Chung's wife uh, is an art therapist, and oh, wow. so they they actually worked together to kind of make the film as a form of therapy in some ways. And uh, oh, cool! It's a, you, it's uh, a... Did you catch it on the channel at first, or no? I saw it, it. I saw it back when it first came out. A friend of mine, uh, this is one of his favorite films of all time, and, and oh, wow. he's actually, um, he's a he's a film critic, um, and he's friends with Lee Isaac Chung, ah, okay. and uh, has has kind of been uh, awesome. promoting Lee Isaac Chung's sure. work everywhere. Sure. He, teaches, uh, he teaches at Seattle Pacific University, which is a small faith-based university, and has brought oh, cool. Lee Isaac Chung in to class to talk to his students and uh, awesome. virtually... Uh, well, after they've done some Minari screenings and uh, Lee Isaac Chung is just a, from what I can tell is just an incredibly generous person. 
and uh, this is a this is a really beautiful film. It's a film that's that I think is would easily kind of slip under the radar for people uh, because it doesn't kind of fit sure. neatly with what they they expect. So yeah, that's one I think that is is really great. If you have not seen and you don't have the disc for Kanoa, A Shameful Memory, I would love to recommend people catch that while it's on the channel. You know, one of the things that I love about Criterion and the discs and why I started kind of getting into Criterion is their ability to bring to light films that I had no idea about and uh, kind of directing me to films and filmmakers that... uh, uh, in my kind of self-taught cinephilia <laughs> that I didn't have windows into these 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 sure. works. And Kanoa I saw a few years ago when I got the disc, and it floored me. It's uh, an angry work of uh, political cinema about a the murder of several college students in a um, small town in Mexico after a... A priest has whipped the populace up into a frenzy and has told the townspeople that these these college students are communists. And we know all this going in. We know what's going to happen. We know about the tragedy going into it. And so there's this inevitable sense of doom and tragedy and horror. Uh, and it plays almost like a horror film uh, leading up to it. And uh, I think it's a really, really powerful, shocking film. Because this is one of those uh, Criterion editions, you're going to get a lot of the supplements, you're going to get a lot of the contextualization that helps you uh, kind of understand the the context in which the film was made. And uh, I just, I love that, that the channel allows people to, to do this, because not everybody is going to... Uh, to build out the, the their collection of the physical media. And uh, uh, I love that this is uh, uh, available for people. I am really excited to catch the documentary Yusu Ndor, I Bring What I Love. It is a documentary about uh, an African music group on tour. Uh, it's one that played on SIF's virtual cinema that I missed. Uh, it just left a few weeks ago. And so I'm excited that I get a chance to catch it. <laughs> now on the Criterion channel. So uh, I think that's that's a, a, a nice, uh, one of the things that I really like about uh, this. Again, when I'm looking at uh, stuff to catch, uh, documentaries, uh, looking at trying to catch more African cinema. I think this is, this is something that I'm very, very interested in. And then finally, I'm really excited to catch the films by uh, Michelle Parkerson. Oh, yeah. I... Again, anytime that Criterion can introduce me to a filmmaker that I don't know much about, that to me is just an invaluable service. And I'm finding more and more of uh, some of my favorite filmmakers through the Criterion channel because of this. And her work just looks incredible. So, yeah, uh, just the little bit that I've seen of her work just looks stunning. So I'm excited for these films. Absolutely. Well, as I like to say around these parts, uh, <laughs> Criterion giveth and Criterion taketh away. Uh, so we are losing some big films. Yeah. And uh, this is, there's a lot that people are going to want to try to catch uh, before they leave. Some films that they'll be able to catch on other services, but there are some that will be harder to find. Some films that are here for a moment, a brief shining moment in the sun. Uh, so here are the films that are leaving this month. 
uh, from the directed by John Huston bundle here for a single month. We are losing Key Largo. Mm. From the three by John Waters bundle, we're losing Pink Flamingos and Female Trouble. We're losing the three starring Jane Russell with His Kind of Woman, Macau, and The Revolt of Mamie Stover. We're losing from the starring Carol Lombard bundle, No Man of Her Own, Virtue, Hands Across the Table, My Man Godfrey, True Confession in Name Only, Vigil of the Night, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And it looks like nothing sacred and to be or not to be will still be remaining on the channel. From the queer-sided Breaking Taboos bundle, we'll be losing Sylvia Scarlet, Cruising, and Personal Best. The rest of the bundle uh, looks like will still be on the channel. From the Neo-Noir bundle, we'll be losing Chinatown, Body Heat, and Brick. From the starring Paul Mooney bundle, we'll be losing Commando Strike at Dawn, A Song to Remember, and The Last Angry Man. Uh, there are a lot of other films in that bundle, though, that will still be there. We'll be losing the entire starring Judy Holiday bundle with Born Yesterday, The Marrying Kind, It Should Happen to You, Fifth, uh, I never know how to pronounce that one, uh, Full of Life, The Solid Gold Cadillac, and Bells Are Ringing. Uh, we'll be losing the last film in the starring George Siegel bundle with The Hot Rock. We'll be losing the celluloid closet from the films of Rob Epstein and the Jeffrey Friedman bundle. The rest of those will still be there. We're losing the last film in the starring Robert Ryan bundle with Clash by Night. We're losing two by Ursula Meyer with Home and Sister. We'll be losing from the starring Dirk Bogard bundle, The Sea Shall Not Have Them, Cast a Dark Shadow, The Servant, Darling, and Despair. The rest of those are going to still be around, though. We'll be losing The White Sheik, Knights of Kiberia, and City of Women from the Essential Fellini bundle. The rest of those, I believe, are part of the permanent collection, so those will still be there. Mm. From the Directed by Bimal Roy bundle, we'll be losing Dobiga Zamen, Devidas, Madhumati, Sujata, and Badini. We'll be losing the Directed by Nellie Kaplan bundle with A Very Curious Girl, Papa the Little Boats, Charles and Lucy and the Pleasure of Love. We'll be losing the entire Charlie Chaplin, the Mutual Comedies bundle with The Floorwalker, The Fireman, The Vagabond, 1AM, The Count, The Pawn Shop, Behind the Screen, The Rink, Easy Street, The Cure, The Immigrant, The Advise, Adventurer, Charlie Chaplin's Goliath, and The Birth of the Tramp. We're going to be losing uh, Vision Portraits from directed by Rodney Evans. Brother to Brother Still Remains. We'll be losing the last film from the directed by Gordon Parks bundle with The Learning Tree. We'll be losing the last film from the Black Westerns bundle with Black Rodeo. We'll be losing The Skin from the Liana Cavani bundle. We'll be losing Pandora and the Flying Dutchman from the Film Foundation bundle. We'll be losing the Criterion Collection editions of 12 Angry Men and Safe. We'll be losing Saturday matinees of Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm. Nall and Blackjack. Uh, we'll be losing all of the Georges Méliès fairy tales in color. I'm not going to go through all of those because there's a lot of those. Uh, <laughs> there's a ton of those uh, titles there, but uh, we'll be losing that entire bundle. And then there are a lot of titles that were orphaned from their bundles or were parts of double features or other mm. uh, things that uh, were just that I couldn't find the bundle for. Uh, we'll be losing the Oxbow Incident, The Class, Don't Blink Robert Frank, 
Grace Jones, Bloodlight and Bammy, The Visitor, Rock and Roll High School, Giuseppe Makes a Movie, Dementia, and Song of Freedom. <laughs> what a um, collection of movies, man. Yeah, I mean we're losing we're losing a lot. But again, I I love that that there is this this turnover and we're we're getting so many films each month and you know of course we're gonna have to lose some films each month right and it's yeah. just as part of the, the deal right but with everything there there's no way everybody's gonna be able to catch everything what do you recommend people catch from the the stuff that's ex- that's expiring just to help kind of direct people's uh, uh there's a lot of attention. stuff man I'd probably start me probably point people first to the Nelly Kaplan set. There's just a lot of really good, good movies in there, particularly curious girl, but she's a fascinating, fascinating filmmaker. Who's often contextualized as little more than like a a collaborator with Abel Gantz. Mm. She started, she started her career off working with him on films like battle of Austerlitz, stuff like that. But she grew to be a very singular, kind of rambunctious filmmaker in her own right. Curious Girl, again, is probably the the peak of that. Just a fantastic, experimental piece of feminist filmmaking, as all the films really are. Another one would be probably Safe, the Criterion Edition. Not only is the movie a, a masterpiece in and of itself, it's yeah. a brilliant movie. But the the supplements are also really fantastic. I actually just flew through that last night. The commentary is incredible, as you would expect. The conversation between Julianne Moore and Todd Haynes is fantastic, as one would expect. And there's also a conversation with Christine Vachon, uh, which I found to be really fascinating, particularly in the little brief conversation she has about kind of the film's initial mixed response Mm. um, which now seems strange as i think it's rightly viewed as kind of a canonical 90s film but uh yeah yeah i think that release is really really special a personal favorite of mine here is brick yeah Um, yeah brick i think is is really underrated particularly now as ryan johnson's become kind of a not a studio director per se but i mean did helm a massive blockbuster in knives mm-hmm. out and even i mean he he helmed a star wars movie mm-hmm. probably don't i won't say it too loud but maybe the best star wars movie uh, <laughs> yeah but this is one of my favorites of his movies it's his first film it's kind of what if say i guess the the pitch is always what if saved by the bell went noir mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but it's so much more interesting and textured and thought through than that down to little things like what books are seen on a bookcase, stuff like that. Like it's a really fantastic, fantastic movie. And I guess the one bit of classic film I will point to is uh, Albert Lewin's Pandora and the Flying Dutchman. It's an absolutely beautiful film starring beautiful people. That's vaguely surrealist kind of influenced by Lewin's then burgeoning friendship with Man Ray, who uh, actually did the paint, the, the painting that's featured in the film. And I mean, Gar, you can't really go wrong with Gardner and Mason kind of at their peak sexiness, like <laughs> with Jack Cardiff's photography. Like it's just, it's, it's a fantastic romance drama that's kind of not like really anything 
else that you'll see in that era of melodrama. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's well, really and, good movies, man. Yeah. And, and the fact that it's a, a film foundation restoration yeah. too means that it's going to be harder to, you know, you, you might be able to find this streaming other places, but you're not going to find necessarily the, it's a killer the, restoration too. Yeah. I saw it. I saw when it released the atri- it's absolutely a knockout. Yeah. I mean that yeah. Technicolor, you know, any yeah, Technicolor man. restoration is just going to yeah. be gorgeous, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I want to echo uh, the Brick recommendation. Especially. Yeah, man. I think that the film is Ryan Johnson has a special place in my heart because of this film. Uh, I feel like oh, I'm yeah. going to give him the benefit of the doubt in uh, in anything that he is trying to do because of uh, what he d- did in this film. I think it is without a doubt a special film. Yeah, and, and he also has an Adventures in Movie going on the channel that I think I just yeah. watched recently. It's really good. Uh, and his, his stuff is so, he's so thoughtful about what he's talking about there. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to recommend Pink Flamingos. I just watched this <laughs> yeah. recently. It's not available anywhere else to stream. Yeah. So this is one that it's a hard film to get a hold of. So if you haven't seen it, it's it's worth watching. It is. Uh, it was a Criterion Laserdisc, so uh, you know it is. You know, if you're you're trying to catch up on your your back catalog Criterion viewing, <laughs> this is one to watch as well for those those people. I started watching John Waters' films later, so I watched some of his later films first uh, when I started getting into more art house films, and you know his stuff is his later stuff was interesting and I, and I wasn't quite on the wavelength for it, but watching sure. multiple maniacs with the, the criterion disc, uh, maybe a few months ago, I think I finally got into the wavelength of what he is doing and the ways in which he is kind of thumbing his nose at middle-class hypocrisy and, um, really defiantly flaunting at all of the conventions of society at that time and pink flamingos does that you know ratchets that up to an even higher degree and uh it is definitely you know not for the squeamish at times it is a it's, i think it's a harder film than multiple maniacs uh but uh, i i think sure. it's really worth worth watching to see where where he is continuing to take um this type of cinema and uh and i think uh it is if you're interested in this type of cult artifact, um, it is really, really, uh, I think it's an important film. And there's a great commentary on the channel. There are a bunch of other supplements as well. So again, this is one that, that people are talking about Criterion potentially releasing this at some point. And I, I hope they sure. do, but it is for now it's, it's really going to be hard to find unless you can track down DVD, old DVDs or old laser discs, old VHS tapes of it. It's a harder film to see, so uh, do do catch it if um, uh, if if you can in the last few weeks of this month. So yeah, the Georges Méliès films are fascinating. I've been kind of slowly working my way through those <laughs> as well. It's really interesting to see how the language of cinema was beginning to evolve at this time. They don't all work completely, but you get to see kind of the, the ways they're using them as magic tricks, the, the ways that they're beginning to learn how you tell stories through visual mediums. And, 
I think that they are charming at times. There's just a, a craft there that is really unmistakable. The hand painting on the cells, it's really, uh, yeah. it's, a, it's an achievement. And I think that this is stuff that is really, it's great for people who are interested in cinema to, to really explore and experience this type of work uh, that, that was so foundational for what was to come later. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've been trying to tackle these uh, as I have my breakfast in the morning. You know, these are good, <laughs> sure. good films at the beginning Hell of the yeah. day, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm excited to catch Key Largo. I missed this while it was on uh, Filmstruck uh, before Filmstruck shut down. This is one that uh, uh, that I'm I'm eager to see. Uh, I like my John Huston, and so yeah. knowing that this is going to leave soon, this is one that I'll definitely prioritize catching. Big bummer, yeah. Um, and uh, Ursula Meyer again. I'm I'm trying to continue to explore women filmmakers, black and indigenous filmmakers, and getting to see another uh, female filmmaker on the channel and get to contextualize her career a bit more. I'm, I'm interested in seeing what she has done here and getting to, to catch these before they leave, I think will be good. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Well, those are the Criterion Channel's new and expiring titles for the month of August. While we're doing these shorter episodes, We'd normally do a full episode just about recommendations on other channel <laughs> uh, for titles on other channels, but Josh, do you have a couple recommendations for films that uh, aren't on the Criterion Channel? I do. Both of these were on my top. Well, they were actually in the top three of my favorite movies of last year. Um, they were number three, number two, respectively. But the first one I'll talk about is uh, it's on YouTube. It's from. Uh, the uh, incredible, incredible SB Nation head, John Boyce. Uh, and it's called The History of the Seattle Mariners. It's about four hours long. So it might be a little <laughs> a little long for some people, especially for the, the YouTube set. But it's, it's ostensibly a documentary of sorts about the history of the baseball team, the Seattle Mariners, but done through little more than archival materials mm. and uh, like graphs and stuff and it's set to a bunch of like smooth jazz music (laughs) Uh, and it's just it's really one of the more fantastic and thoughtful and exciting pieces of documentary storytelling i've seen Mm -hmm. in quite some time john boyce for those who don't know is a youtuber uh he is kind of the i think he's creative director over at sb nation and he's probably best known for things like Pretty Cool or Chart Party, um, which are just YouTube series about various events and sports. And it this one is kind of his magnum opus. Mm. Um, it's driven by a bunch, uh, like an abundance of analytics. Uh, like I said, charts, archival materials. Um, so it's pretty modest in style, but through its exploration of the the history of this baseball team gets into things like analytics politics the Mm. poetry of sports the power of art it's just there's really nothing out there quite like it and i think you don't have to be a sports fan to get things out of this if you're a fan of art if you're a socially conscious person like if you if you read history books like if these are things that kind of attract you or kind of get you going, then this is definitely up your aisle. 
And there's another one. It's called uh, The Cloud in Her Room, and it's currently on Mubi. So it, it will hopefully be there when, when you're listening to this. But if it's not, seek it out either way. It's a debut feature, and it basically follows a 22-year-old woman just kind of um, attempting to make her way through uh, her hometown, which is, as she gets older, only becoming more and more isolating for her. It's a film about kind of navigating modern spaces, both literal and figurative. And it's shot in gorgeous black and white. Mm. Um, so the film's, a, it's a little bit icy, if, you, if that makes any sense. But mm. it makes up for it through increasing intimacy and humanism. That, uh, that comes from the director's kind of blend of documentary and fiction filmmaking. So again, it's kind of along the lines of the 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 recent trend of mod- of like a hybrid filmmaking, but I think it's it's a fantastic, thoughtful, tender piece of filmmaking, particularly one about the female experience in a predominantly patriarchal society. And there are just scenes like single tableaus in here that are just utterly gobsmacking. So mm. if you can if you can hunt it down if yeah i would definitely take the time to watch it it's not a long one so it's definitely one that needs to be checked out for sure those both sound fantastic um as a uh, seattleite uh the the history of the seattle marriage sounds interesting i'm not a sports fan but uh anything that uh that ties into seattle history and and all of that uh yeah it's as much about the history of seattle as it is the baseball team like yeah, it's very well, much about the history of Seattle. And that sounds really, really interesting to me, too, to to be using the history of sports to also be exploring all of these other facets. I think that, to me, is... Uh, yeah, I'll have people who, yeah. who will ask me, you know, why are you watching a sports movie if you don't really care about sports? Sure. And I'm like, well, because it's not just about the sports. It's also about these yeah. other other things. Uh, yeah. On, on the Metrograph's uh, streaming platform, they were showing uh, William Klein's The French. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, and rules, yeah. It's, it was so good. And because and it's not really just about the French right, Open. Right. It's also about all these other things, too. It's, it's about the personalities. And, mm-hmm. and, and a great film is a great film, no matter what it's right. about, right? And uh, so, yeah, I really, I really, uh, that sounds really good. And yeah, sounds like a great recommendation. So, yeah, yeah. those are, and those are good. Just quick to the Seattle Mariners thing. You got to check it out now because we're getting a sequel, baby. The history oh, of the Atlanta nice. Falcons. Let's go. Nice. Nice. <laughs> comes out, comes out this fall. Let's yeah. It's going to, awesome. it's going to be great. Awesome. And, and I love, and you know, when, when you say, as soon as you say four hours, that just automatically like, yeah. Peaks my interest. Any any <laughs> time you get, yeah. Anytime you start to get over three hours for uh, an art house film, right there, you know, I my radar goes up. You know, you you recently were, I think you posted a review of something that was nine hours. I can't remember. The works the name. in days. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. That just suddenly is like, oh man. If, if that's only... still playing in your virtual theater anywhere, yeah, check, it's probably the movie of the year. So yeah. That's one that I'm just like I'm I'm waiting for a virtual cinema to to for me to be able to see that because nine hours is like my sweet spot. Well, and hey, it's a grasshopper one. film, so we might see it on on the Criterion Channel. Exactly. Enough, so. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
you know, so going off of the Metrograph, I saw it on Metrograph just recently, they were showing Courtney Stevens and Pacho Velez's uh, The American Sector. And uh, oh, yeah. I was going to talk about a different film earlier. I was going to talk about uh, Diju Hamada's uh, Downstream to Kinshasa, which is oh, a sure. re- really fantastic documentary that's streaming on Ovid that everyone should watch. Hell yeah, for sure. Anyway, and I'll talk about that in another episode at some point, uh, because I think uh, Diju Hamada is uh, one of the great chroniclers of uh, African life right now. And, uh, One thousand percent. Yeah, I think his films are incredible. But uh, the American sector is on movie right now, and it's a short window. And the American sector is probably going to make uh, one of my. It's going to probably make one of my best films of the year. I think it's an incredible it's a movie. Um, this is a film about just the sections of the Berlin Wall and where they have, uh, where they are across America, where they have ended mm. up, and the the camera is very restrained uh it is Mm -hmm. focused on the wall but you hear snippets of conversation around the wall you hear uh courtney stevens interviewing people and talking with people you hear the conversations around what these these monuments these icons mean to people and in it we begin to examine the nature of borders and boundaries Mm -hmm. and walls and dividing lines and, and, and what it means to memorialize something and what it means to, why, why is it that we, we have this, this monument to the end of communism in a space where at a university where all of the buildings were built by slaves and yet there's nothing about that history memorialized and discussed. Mm -hmm. So you you have all of these really fascinating conversations happening while again, the, the camera is so restrained and so disciplined and so um, patient and uh, Pacho Velez comes from the ethnography lab Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, his films are uh, very, uh, you know, he had planned on just doing a very, very simple, quiet, restrained approach. And as they were continuing to film and continuing to explore, the the conversations around it just felt like they had to become a part of this. And mm. it becomes this really, it, it was an overpowering experience as I was watching it. And uh, again, I think this is, it doesn't go in with an agenda, and yet right. by the end of the film, you can't help but ruminate yourself on on, on the meanings of these Absolutely. things. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a short film. movie. Yeah. I mean, it's it's 63 minutes. Uh, it's pretty incredible. Metrograph. Uh, I do want to do another plug for Metrograph Digital. <laughs> uh, I think Same this here. is one of the yeah. services that is, it's only $5 a month. They have an app for just about every streaming device. And uh, when they were showing this, they were also showing a bunch of Courtney Stevens short works and Pacho oh, cool. short works. So That's you can awesome. watch a lot of their early films in conjunction with this to contextualize as well. So they're doing some of the same types of things that Criterion Channel is doing on a sure. smaller scale in a really focused um, uh, way. And, you know, we were talking about the French, the French Open. They had some other things about tennis and ping pong and other things. So there's some really cool things that you, that they're doing there. And American Sector to me, it's on movie right now for a limited time. Go see it. Uh, it's 
it's a special film, as Josh was saying. Sure. Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty. Yeah, fun. anytime you get a chance to see anything from anyone with a connection to the ethnography lab, yeah, uh, take the chance to seek it out. We were we've been we've one of the things I noticed today is we've been talking a lot about hybrid documentaries, and yeah, with the rise of those, I think was concurrent with the rise of filmmakers coming out of the the ethnography lab. Yeah, particularly with with things like Sweetgrass or Monica Mana. Yeah. I think that kind of helped spawn uh, kind of an entire generation of filmmakers where that's very much the mindset. Because even even uh, Velez's most recent film, uh, Searchers, mm-hmm. is very much uh, uh, a, a bit more stylized, but still it's a documentary set during COVID that's basically mm-hmm. just people trying to find ways to connect, be it through chats or Tinder or whatever it is. But the... What they're seeing on their screen is over is overlaid opposite their faces, so it's mm-hmm. almost like you're on the other side of the screen they're looking at, and it's uh, again it's an astonishing astonishing documentary. Yeah. He's uh, very much a filmmaker to keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah, it's it, yeah. I'm gonna have to to continue to follow his work and uh, and Courtney Stevens. Her work is very. She does a lot of found Absolutely. footage work that. Uh, uh, to me is just this is the type of like experimental work that I kind of get really excited about and really this is where I kind of uh, I love getting to explore these types of the mm-hmm. where where can cinema continue to grow and and go yeah. and and uh, it's 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 fun to see this type of stuff so yeah uh josh thank you so much for joining me today this was so Thanks much for fun having me this is a blast man yeah, yeah. I love uh, I love getting to talk cinema and and I love getting to talk about new cinema. I talk a lot about older cinema and classic cinema, and uh, it's nice to to have this conversation uh, with someone who is keyed into some of the newer things that are going on. So thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. It was a yeah. blast, man. Yeah. Where can people find you today? Or where oh, can people so find many you places. online? There we go. I was just <laughs> saying, I'm very online. So uh, obviously, you can find all of my writing at CriterionCast.com. I'm at Facebook at I saved Latin 89 shots on my Wes Anderson fans, um, nice. <laughs> uh, Twitter and letterboxd. You can find me at Josh Brunsting. Um, and then Instagram, you can find me at, at IR movies. Yeah. Those are my, uh, those are my socials. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, Thanks again. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. I had a blast, man. Thanks for having me. You can find Criterion Channel Surfing at CriterionCast.com and our website, CinemaCocktail.com. And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching for Criterion Channel Surfing. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us in the Criterion Channel Club Facebook group or send us a message at CriterionChannelSurfing at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Josh Hornbeck. Our logo was designed by Doug McCambridge of the Good Times Great Movies podcast. You can see more of his design work at dpmdesigns.com. Criterion Channel Surfing is a proud member of Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com and support the work of CriterionCast at Patreon.com slash CriterionCast. Criterion Channel Surfing is listener-supported. 
so please consider donating to the show at patreon.com slash joshhornbeck. For just $5 a month, you get early access to all regular and bonus episodes of the show. And for $10 a month, you'll have the chance to give my guest and I a film to discuss in a special Patreon-only bonus episode. I'd like to thank this month's new Patreon supporter, Maura Fallon. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And thanks to all of our continuing supporters. Your support really does mean so much. Thanks for listening. Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com.